Pit is presented by Stanley Tools, National Association of Realtors, Pavestone, and Cabinets to Go. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And coming up this hour, would you like to incorporate a sleek, modern look into your kitchen? That is one of the hottest new trends making its way to this side of the Atlantic all the way from Europe. We're going to have details just ahead. And while we're talking about kitchens, you want more space, more work surface, and a gathering spot in your kitchen? How about building an island? We've got great ideas on how you can do that coming up. Plus, purchasing your first home can be intimidating, but not if you follow just five resolutions for first-time home buyers. We've got tips from the experts at the National Association of Realtors on just that. And this hour, we're giving a Away the five-minute fan from Hunter Fans. It's a great way to cool off quick. The five-minute fan is 90% pre-assembled right out of the box. And it's worth $129. It's going to go out to one caller who calls us with their home improvement question, drawn at random at the end of today's program. So give us a call. What are you thinking about? What are you working on? We want to talk to you about it. 888-MONEY-PIT. Leslie, who's first? Erica in Illinois is dealing with a paint situation. Tell us what's going on. You've got peeling and bubbling? Yes. Um, I had my paint, uh, my ceiling, ceiling painted by someone um, probably about three years ago. And just recently, the ceiling has started peeling, and the walls have started, oh, like crackling almost. Like it looks like uh, underneath there's a crackle to it that if I pressed it hard, it would flake off. Okay, so I suspect that when it was painted last time, the walls may not have been prepped properly. They clearly were not primed. I think now's an opportunity, Erica, where you're going to have to get rid of all of that old, loose paint. Sand the ceiling down, sand the walls down, and and apply a primer. The primer is going to be key here because whatever that unknown surface is uh, underneath uh, that layer, we want to make sure we have something that can attach to it. And primer, you should think of as sort of the glue that makes the paint stick. So prep what you have, prime it thoroughly, then put a second top coat on. And that last coat, make sure you use a really good quality paint and make sure it's flat for the ceiling. And that will hide any imperfections that might be left behind. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, as far as my walls, do I need to try to scrape it off so I don't have any of this crackle-looking on my wall? Yeah, I definitely would. I would definitely try to get rid of as much of that loose paint as possible, and the same thing goes. Prime them and then do a top coat after that. Okay. All right. Sounds like a job, but I'll take it on. (laughs) And I know you can do it, Erica. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right. Now we've got Daniel in California on the line who needs some help with a travertine floor. When did you put it down, Daniel? Oh, I guess it's been about a week now. Okay. And there's nothing on it? Well, um, n- no. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. There was nothing on it, but yeah, I, actually, I put I put a I put a sealer um, on it uh, just like like Sunday after it uh, been in installed like four days. Okay, and did your installer give you a sealer to use? Suggest a sealer to use? No, my installer didn't. You didn't. So, where did you? What sealer did you select? How did you find it? Um, I got it at the, at the home improvement store. Okay. And so it sounds like you did the right things. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful floor. It's uh, a little bit absorbent. Uh, so you are going to need to seal it from time to time. But what's your question? Well, my question is, well, one, after I, I put the sealer on, then I, you know, I did some reading and I found out that there's 
some that are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's probably ranked like the third, and I like the best. Is there a problem okay. with like buying the better one and putting it on top of it, or uh. yeah, potentially? I would save that for the next trip. See, this is already soaked into your floor. And, and travertine so, is so porous. I mean, yeah. the first thing you put on it, like that's in there. Just drinks it right up. So I would wait until the next time it's uh, till it's time to to apply this again and, and choose a different product that time. But I would definitely not put a, you know a, a second coat on top of this with a different product because you're you don't know what kind of chemical reaction you're gonna you're gonna create there. How are they gonna react to one another? Yep. It, it could be bad news. Not worth it. I just enjoy the floor. Okay, great. Um, can I ask you like a little follow-up question? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Um, also, I was reading they were saying that um, mats with rubber um, bottoms are bad. Mm-hmm. For, is that true? Well, it's for not bad for marble. It's bad for vinyl. Yeah, if you have a vinyl floor and you put down like a kitchen mat or a bath mat, and you know it doesn't move and it stays in its spot, the the backing on the mat has some sort of weird chemical reaction with the floor and causes a discoloration. I mean, we get calls a lot for people being like, "I've got this weird stain that's the same as my bath mat. How can I get it out?" Come up, yeah, right, because it oxidizes the rubber against the vinyl. But I don't know that there's a problem putting that against marble. Never heard that. Yeah, no, I've never heard that. Okay, great, Dan. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome, Daniel. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Tell you what, he's uh, treating it at the right time. There's no, mm-hmm. never a better time to treat it than when it's brand new. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, what are you working on at your Money Pit this summer? We are here to give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'd love to hear how we can help you. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Still to come, a hot new trend in kitchen cabinets is making its way here all the way from Europe. Learn about the popularity of this sleek, modern look after this. You live in a money pit. an outdoor wood staining project get it done the simple way with flood wood care with products like flood cwf uv you get long-lasting quality at a great value plus guidance to help make the whole process easier get started at flood.com making good homes better welcome back to the money pit home improvement radio show i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti and the number to call right here is 1-888-MONEY-PIT we would love to talk to you about your home improvement project we'd love to help solve your do-it-yourself dilemma or if it's not a project that you're going to do yourself we'd love to help you take that all-important first step in terms of finding a good contractor to do the work for you. And one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a five-minute fan from the Hunter Fan Company. This is a cool product. It's called the five-minute fan because it's 90% pre-assembled out of the box. All you need to do is attach a mounting bracket and connect some wires. You quickly attach the blades with Hunter's patented Easy Lock system. There's no screws even needed to get this job done. Hunter offers the five-minute fan in standard and Energy Star models with assorted finishes. It's a prize worth $100. $129. So pick up the phone for your chance to win and visit HunterFan.com for the details. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Now we've got Mike in Wisconsin on the line with an interesting mix of materials on a foundation. Tell us what's going on. Well, we bought this old farmhouse. and Well, we've been in it for 20 years now, but whoever the person before us covered this nice stone foundation with half-inch plywood that was not treated. Wow. And then and then they made strips out of, out of the same plywood as bats to go over the seams, 
needless to say, it's all rotting out. I mean, they did have half-inch that foil-covered half-inch foam board behind it, but wow. I need something that's going to be uh, hold up to the weather. And I'd pull that. I'd pull that con- that that wood off and evaluate the foundation. If it's deteriorated, you might need to clean it and restucco the whole thing. That's that's all I would do there. I wouldn't put any kind of siding back on it. They probably just thought that it looked good or something of that nature and decided that uh, they were going to well, dress it up with that. Yeah, they were going to dress yeah. it up with that T111 uh, siding, but obviously that was a disaster waiting to happen, and now it's happened, and it's in your house. Well, it wasn't even the T111. It was just half-inch plywood. And they painted it. Oh well, of course. But, uh, it's, it's, the round, it's the round type field stone. It's not uh, flagstone. Well, that could be very attractive. Yeah, I'm like that's, well, that's beautiful. What I was thinking, but yeah. you know, I, I need to evaluate it. But I thought I was listening to you last week, and I figured, well, let me get, get some ideas. Yeah, take me. a look at it. I mean, if it's the field stone, the field stone looks good. You may need to repoint the joints, uh, you know, with gorgeous. some additional cement. But that could be a very, very attractive foundation. Thanks for the help. <laughs> Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Shirley in Oregon's on the line with a solar panel question. How can we help you? Hi. Yes. I had um, heard that with solar panels or solar shakes on the roof, that if you had a fire, the fire department would not be able to start fighting that fire until the sun went down because you're actually creating electricity. <laughs> and I just was considering putting solar, and I just wanted to make sure if that is correct that they didn't want to get the water on anything that was actively creating electricity. So let's just think about this, Shirley. Your house is on fire. The fire department pulls up. They spot the solar, the solar panels and say, ah, you know what? We'll be back, say what, six thirty, seven o'clock? Sun should be down by then. Then we'll take care of it. That's what I thought was ridiculous. That's why yeah. I'm thinking, why is anybody doing solar if that's the case? Is no, that- I mean, look, there's electricity all throughout your house. Why would electricity on the roof have, be any different if electricity is a concern the fire department's going to go over and turn the power off they'll pull the meter well they said that solar creates its own electricity so even if the meter was turned off or pulled that it still would be creating is that not correct with the solar let's think about what you're saying you can fight a, a, a fire in a power plant if you had to okay so this is not an issue uh, somebody's pulling your leg Shirley. okay well, I think it was just somebody that was kind of ignorant, and I said I, I couldn't hardly believe it, but I was going to ask before I did. <laughs> Thank you. Well, sleek, clean cabinets that have been popular in Europe for years are now making their way to American kitchens. And if you love this look and you're wondering how to incorporate it into your home, we've got a few tips from the experts at Cabinets to Go. First up, for an upscale modern look, you want to think about dark wood cabinet doors. They're a beautiful contrast to lighter countertops and to the walls and to the floors. And in fact, Cabinets to Go even has a finish called Noche that is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. And add stainless steel hardware and you've got a sleek look that blends with the rest of your modern kitchen. Now, what makes these cabinets ultra-modern is that they are frameless, and they've got European doors and hardware, which adds a very modern look to your space. And if you like a modern kitchen design, the distinction is really in the style of the cabinet door. Now, a slab cabinet door style is preferred, which is smooth, with no panels, accents, or embellishment, and that gives it a really sleek look. 
And another option is a flat panel cabinet door style that will work well with a modern kitchen design. Yeah, I also feel that the more shiny the finish is, like if it almost looks lacquered or like a color-backed glass, that's super modern as well. Now, if you're interested in a really affordable option out there, take a look at the new frameless cabinets. For example, the cabinets to go Roberto Fiore line has full overlay doors and is available in five colors, and the kitchens average less than $2,500. So that's really affordable. And they're really well made cabinets to go where you get premium quality cabinets for less you dream it they design it and always 40 percent less than the big box stores visit them online at cabinets to go.com now we've got Dwayne in arkansas on the line who's got a chimney issue how can we help you i have a rock chimney probably about 30 years old it's about six foot by four foot on the outside the inside flue is about 16 inches by 18 inches and the top part is capped off with mortar. And uh, over the years, that mortar has cracked. And uh, somebody has come in and put a a that sealer on top of it, like comes in a gallon or five gallon bucket, the black roof sealer, mm-hmm. to seal it off. And they've done a good job. But I'm afraid if I have a chimney far, that stuff might melt and catch a fire and run down and catch a house far. Well, if you have a chimney fire, Dwayne, you're going to have a bigger problem than this because a chimney fire is super hot and can burn your whole house down. Right. So I wouldn't worry about it melting. But it wasn't the best thing to do to the mortar. Um, the right thing to do when you have cracking and, and chipping of that, of that uh, chimney area is you want to replace the mortar between the liner and the outside of the of the chimney. So right. that crown has to be broken off and then replaced. And it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you can go up there with a, with a mason's hammer and break it off and chunks will come off pretty easily and then lay in uh, a new, ch- a new crown around it and just to make, make that slope go from the liner out. Uh, if it's got a couple of cracks in it, you can always caulk it to kind of buy some time. But replacing that chimney crown is really the easiest thing to do that. Plus, you know, adding a, adding a, a cap to it, a chimney cap, um, can help try to keep that water out as well. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know. I have about a half an inch of the flue still sticking up. I didn't know if they made some kind of a mortar-type substance that I could put over, put over the top of the watch there. I would not put it on top of that asphalt. I would, I would, at this point, I would take all the asphalt out. See, here's what's wrong with the asphalt patch, is that the water's going to get under that, and it can still deteriorate the mortar, and it can freeze and break and, and, and really wreak havoc on that chimney. So I would pull that old stuff out and just replace that chimney crown. It's not a difficult job to do. All right. I thank you so much. You're welcome, Dwayne. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Now we've got Pat in Hawaii on the line with a roofing question, calling to make us jealous, I am sure. Welcome, Pat. <laughs> so what we have is a house where the interior temperature is, during the day, is maybe 83 to 85. Okay. Um, and so it has a roof that um, has the rolled asphalt, and we'd like to put on this application, and they're available like at places like Home Depot. There's two different price points. You can apply it three different ways and so forth, but people have told us that live in that same area as this house that they have reduced the heat in their house by 20-plus percent by doing this reflective thing on the roof. Now, our question is, how do we prep the roof? Do we sweep off any rocks with asphalt? What is the prep? It's pretty forgiving. You want to get rid of the loose stuff and, of course, um, any 
moss or anything like that that's growing on it. But what you're talking about is fibrous aluminum paint, and it's a UV reflectant paint. And it does make the roof a lot cooler, and that can actually make your house cooler. It's a very common application, not only in tropics like Hawaii, but even places uh, in, on the East Coast. I mean, I've seen it on roofs in Washington, D.C. Uh, definitely a good thing to do. Okay, and so it, also my husband's question was, that, and so does your roof last longer with that on there? Yeah, theoretically it will because if you reflect the UV, um, you'll have less deterioration of the oils in the asphalt, less evaporation of that, and that can make the roof last longer. Another good reason to do it. Okay. And any specific on application, whichever one works out best for you, is that what they're saying? Well, I don't have any specific recommendations on a product, but on the concept, I think it's solid. That's wonderful. That's a great idea. I think you answered my question. Thank you very much. All right, Pat. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now I've got Jed in New York on the line who's doing a tiling project and needs help with the process. How can we help you? I'm building a house in upstate New York, um, and I just had a question about how or what you guys would suggest a way to adhere tile, like for a shower surround or like in back of a tub. Um, I've been to a couple couple of different stores, um, and I've gotten a couple of different answers. Like they have basically the cement backboard, and then they have like a composite material. And I didn't know if you guys were familiar with either one of them or had a preference or a suggestion for me. You're dealing with open bays. This is brand new construction. Nothing is on that wall as of yet. No, I haven't got that far yet. I'm just starting to look at everything, and I know that I want to put in tile in the bathroom, and I'm just starting to piece everything together. When you do a tiling project, your tiles, yes, are water-resistant, but the grout lines you know, will suck water in and through, so you want to make sure that whatever is behind there will do its best to you know, withstand from mold growth and any other issues that might happen as the water does seep through the grout lines. Okay. Do you guys have like a suggestion of what you would recommend doing? Like, Is there a certain barrier that I can put behind the tile or anything like that? So I would stick with a standard tile backer. When you're, when you're doing, dealing with new construction, that's the best way to do it. I mean, in the old days, we used to put wire mesh in a mud wall, and that would last for 100 or more years. But today, the tile backers do a pretty good job. So especially if you're starting with studs, I would definitely build it up with the tile backer. I would not use a composite drywall because it just doesn't last that long. It's very popular with builders because it gives them an inexpensive way to be able to deliver a tiled shower. But invariably, after about 10 years, it starts to soften and rot, and you end up having to tear it all out anyway. Okay, well, that's great. That helps me out so much. I can't even tell you guys. So at least I got my step. Now I just got to pick out all the colors and all that wonderful stuff. All right, thanks so much for calling The Money Pit. Well, still to come, do you want to create more storage, a usable work surface, and a gathering spot right in your kitchen? Well, why not build an island? Richard Trithui from TV's This Old House is next with tips on how you can do just that. And today's This Old House segment is brought to you by the Stanley Click and Connect Storage System, the customizable solution for easy access to your hand and power tools. Hi, I'm Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating contractor from TV's This Old House. If you want to keep your home from freezing, frying, or going on the fritz, keep listening to Tom and Leslie on the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone's easy-to-stack Rumblestone rustic building blocks. Create any outdoor hardscape you can imagine to instantly add old-world charm. Available at the Home Depot. 
For more information and product instructions, visit pavestone.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, did you hear something on our show that you may have missed or you wanted to write it down and you forgot super fast? Well, you can listen to or even download any of our shows online or you can search the transcripts and confirm whatever that detail is that you might have missed all at moneypit.com. And while you're online, you can also post your questions in the Money Pit's community section. Tanya in North Carolina is on the line with a door question. Tell us what's going on. You've got some rot in the framework. The threshold at the bottom is coming up. I guess it's rotten under there. It's got to be taken out. And then about a foot up on each side of that frame, um, it's it's rotted out. So do I have to take out the whole frame and put a new one in, or can I just cut that off and replace that at the bottom? Okay, so Tanya, I think you're talking about, when you say frame, I think you're talking about the door sill and the door jam. Is that correct? Right. Not the frame. Yeah, the whatever the door fits in. Yeah. Okay. So that's the door sill and the door jams. And the best way to replace the door is to cut the entire door out, including the sill and the jams all the way around, and then install a pre-hung exterior door. So, you know, down in North Carolina, for example, you can go to a Lowe's and buy a benchmark door by Thermatru. Mm-hmm. Good quality fiberglass door, all pre-hung, pretty easy and straightforward to install that. And you won't have to worry about it rotting out because it's fiberglass. Oh, okay. You don't try to repair the jam or the sill that are heavily rotted like that. You just tear them out. Uh, The easy way to do that, by the way, is to remove the trim off of all sides. And a contractor would use a reciprocating saw to basically cut the nails between the trim and the frame of the house. Uh And that door will pop out in like five minutes. Okay. I mean, it's really easy to get it out just with uh, the right tools. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you've got the room, Kitchen Islands can add a very functional workspace to your kitchen design. Doesn't have to be a difficult project, depending on what type of island you install. And with expert advice from this old house plumbing and heating contractor, Richard Trithui, you'll be armed with the knowledge you need to take this project on. Welcome, Richard. Hi, guys. Hey, so islands are a very popular project for very good reason, right? Well, every man wants his own island. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're a great central work and gathering space. Everybody wants to hang around the island. Right. But it's not just for cooking and eating anymore. I mean, you're going to bring the kids in to do their homework. The projects really give this center stage in the kitchen where you can hang out and play board games. They all want to hang around the kitchen anyways. Why not give them a space to hang out? You know, And that's that's really around the island. Whenever you have a party, folks always congregate in the kitchen. We just feel Why do you really... even have a living room? Why do you even have one? <laughs> exactly. Just have a really big kitchen <laughs> with a beautiful kitchen island. Yeah. Now, when you're figuring out how to build your kitchen island. It can get complicated, especially if you're going to have mechanicals there. By mechanicals, I mean sinks, stoves, venting, and so on. So how do we plan for that? Well, if you're just going to do an island with nothing in it, you know, just as a central workspace, then end of story. There's no mechanical issues at all. But as soon as you introduce any plumbing or a stove that needs to be vented, then you got some challenges. Because if you put a sink in that island, Any plumbing fixture has to have both a drain for the water to leave and go down and away, but it also has to have a vent. Now, normally that vent pipe is inside the wall and nobody ever sees it. Well, if you're an island, you no longer have a wall to hide that pipe. And so now you've got to find some some ways to get around it. 
Uh, we've done it, uh, shown on the show, a thing called a bow vent, which is a technique using PVC pipe and fittings. You can create this vent, which goes up to just underneath the kitchen countertop height and works its way down under the floor. And that takes both a little bit of work to do it, and you've got to get approval from the local plumbing inspector. You have to get special papal dispensation, so to speak, to do it. <laughs> and then there's another thing that's on the market now, which is an air emittance valve, which it sits tucked way up under the countertop, and it only lets air in. It never lets air out. So now as the water's trying to go down the drain, it needs a place for that air to be relieved, the vacuum that it's creating. And this is a, an air emittance valve not allowed in every jurisdiction. We actually, we wanted to show it, so we went to Canada <laughs> so, <laughs> to show it on our show. We, we had, had to, to escape internationally, the but, uh, <laughs> to yeah, but they work, work great. Yeah. The other thing about islands, I, I got to caution you, is they're great, but you you got to make sure that you have enough space. If you put an island in, this is not a mechanical issue, this is just lifestyle issue, that you have enough room around it for the free flow of traffic all around it between the stove, the sink, and the fridge, and all the work triangle places. We find people put in, in this oversized island and all of a sudden the whole kitchen just clogs down terribly. Now I've always seen these interesting little projects in you know different blogs or different magazines where you find a great you know perhaps old chest of drawers or an interesting you know vintage furnishing piece and that's sort of repurposed into an island. Does that make sense to do? Yeah I mean we've seen where you might get a conventional kitchen base cabinet on the on the back side, on the kitchen sink side. Uh, but then on the front side, you've got a beautiful old piece of furniture that you sort of detail in. So if you're out in the uh, budding room, you know, in the living room or, or family room, looking back, you've got a beautiful historic piece of recycled furniture that really adds some uh, visual element to it. Yeah. We're talking to Richard Rathui. He's the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. Richard, aside from the uh, islands that are, that are uh, sort of hard built in place, there are also portable options, right? Yeah. You know, they're so functional. For somebody in a small apartment or uh, in a tight little kitchen, you know, having this rolling workstation, you know, you either put some butcher block on it or stainless steel, and you sort of move it into place, use it as you need to. It, it also has a shelf underneath sometimes, so you can put your some of your additional kitchen appliances on it. And then when you're done, move it right away, and uh, it works out great. It has both form and function, which is great. Just like you. You have form and function. Yes. <laughs> always, always. Richard Fertui, the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Glad to be with you. Catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And Ask This Old House is proudly brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating. Mitsubishi, live better. Up next, are you dreaming of becoming a homeowner? Well, the National Association of Realtors offers five resolutions you need to make and keep to help make your dreams come true. Those are all coming up next. You live in a body pit. an outdoor wood staining project get it done the simple way with flood wood care with products like flood cwf uv you get long-lasting quality at a great value plus guidance to help make the whole process easier get started at flood.com 
Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here to call is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a five-minute fan from the Hunter Fan Company. And the five-minute fan, this is super awesome. It's 90% pre-assembled right out of the box. And all you have to do is attach the mounting bracket and connect the wires. You can also quickly attach the blades with Hunter's patented Easy Lock systems. There's no screws even needed. Then you attach a light kit if applicable. Hunter offers the five-minute fan in standard and Energy Star models with assorted finishes. It's a prize worth $129, so call us right now for your chance to win. And for more details on that product, you can visit HunterFan.com. Jenny in North Dakota, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Hi, I'm calling to see how we can permanently remove some lilac bushes. You're not a fan of lilacs, I wow. guess, huh? Well, it's not the idea of not being a fan. It's just that they were planted too close to the house. So why don't you transplant them? Is that possible? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, Jenny, if I could tell you the countless times as a child that my mom would, and even to this day, my mom, if seeing a beautiful blooming lilac bush or tree in the cover of night would make one of myself or my sisters or herself hop out of a car and pick other people's flowers (laughs) i'm like tell me where you live i'll take it give it to my mom (laughs) yeah i mean don't get me wrong i love the aroma i love the love the trees they're just right in and they're obscuring the sunlight that's coming through the picture window and that's why they're doing so well because they love the sunlight but you can Mm -hmm. absolutely transplant them you just need to dig you know a, a diameter around the root ball and then dig under just scoop it up and stick it somewhere else. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that would help. <laughs> Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, it's time now for today's real estate tip of the week presented by the National Association of Realtors. And today we're going to look at five resolutions for first time home buyers. That's right. If you've promised yourself that you'll finally become a homeowner this year, Resolution number one has got to be for you to boost your credit score. You need to order your credit reports for free from annualcreditreport.com, review them. If you find any errors, dispute them, and then pay off your debts. In the meantime, avoid purchasing big-ticket items and do not apply for new credit cards. Second, save up for that down payment because you're going to need 20 to 30% to qualify for the best mortgage rates. And step three is to start looking for the right real estate agent. The agent can make all the difference for your first time home buying experience. So ask friends, ask family for referrals, or search Realtor.com's Find a Realtor database. Mm -hmm. Resolution number four, get pre-approved for financing because you need to know what you can afford, what you'll qualify for, and what kind of loan you want. Now, finally, resolution number five is to start researching as much as you can as soon as you can. This way, you'll be prepared once you're ready to shop for that home. And that's today's Real Estate Tip of the Week presented by the National Association of Realtors. Considering selling your home, today's market conditions might mean it's a good time. Every market's different, so call a realtor today and visit Realtor.com. Cindy's on the line from Nebraska with an air conditioning question. How can we help you? Yes, I have central air, but our upstairs does not cool very well, so we put in a window air. And I've tried to seal it with some of those foam strips and tape and things like that. But now I've got some issues like when it rains. For some reason, we're getting water soaking through the tape and coming inside and dripping. Huh. What other thing can I use to seal that that would be more waterproof? 
but still I'd be able to take it out. Wow. So typically when you install a window air conditioner, you have uh, the window, the upper part of the double hung window sits on top of the box and then it has sort of like wings that slide out the side of the air conditioner to kind of seal out the space between the air conditioner and the and the opening of the window, correct? Correct. All right, and so you've sealed those areas with tape, is that what you said? We use some strips of foam that you put around around it to fill in the gaps. So we've got the wings all stretched out, and then we've sealed where we have spaces with the foam strips. Here's what I would do. Um, there's a product that is a temporary weather stripping that looks like caulk. It comes in a caulking tube. Now, typically you use this inside your house for really, really drafty windows and you almost caulk them shut with this product, but you could use it in a scenario like this. I think for the summer, it would probably last fine. When it dries, it kind of looks like a silicone caulk. It's clear. But the cool thing is that when you're ready to pull out that air conditioner, you can peel this temporary caulk off. Now, it's made by a number of manufacturers. I think DAP makes uh, Seal and Peel is the brand name that they came up with, Seal, S-E-A-L, and Peel. And so take a look for that temporary weather stripping caulk. Search that online. You may have to order it at a hardware store or a home center, and that will be much more effective than the tape because you'll be able to get it into those tight places, and it will really stick there and keep that water out, okay? That sounds perfect. Thank you very much. There you go. Sometimes you got to come up with a creative solution to an unusual problem. <laughs> I figured there had to be something. I just didn't know what it was. All right, Cindy. Glad to help you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you're building a new home or remodeling the one that you've got, it's easy to get lost in the myriad of materials available for pretty much every particular spot of your project. We're going to give you some advice to help sort out the alphabet soup of choices you'll be facing and one listener is facing next. The Money Pit is presented by Cabinets to Go, where you get premium quality cabinets for less. You dream it, they design it. And always 40% less than the big box stores. Visit them online at cabinetstogo.com. Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. How would you like to win a brand new grill just in time for your end of summer celebrations? Well, like us on Facebook and you're going to get a chance to win a beautiful new Blue Rhino Grill and enough propane to host a huge backyard blowout in our Dog Days of Summer sweepstakes. And if you share the sweeps with your friends, you'll even get more chances to win. It's all right there on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the money pit and don't forget post your question online just like kim in urbana ohio did and she writes our builder is giving us a choice between osb and blue board which is better that's kind of a weird question for a builder to ask a homeowner it is a strange question because you build you builders you're the experts and uh, unless you're trying to maybe upsell them by adding blue board which i think they're talking about the styrofoam blue board the additional uh, insulated sheathing and I got to tell you, first of all, they're not comparable because OSB, oriented strand board or wafer board, as it sometimes is commonly referred to, is really part of the structure, okay? Because you have to have what's called racking protection. You frame a wall and the wall is strong from top to bottom, but it can move from side to side until you put the plywood on or the OSB on, which gives you that sort of protection against racking, that side to side movement. So you got to have that protection. Now, if he's leaving that off in lieu of 
the blue board, then he must be putting in some sort of a bracing, some other type of bracing under that wall. Now, I've seen builders do this with metal straps, which frankly don't really feel to me like they're as strong as basic plywood sheathing or even OSB sheathing. So I think if it was me, I would absolutely want to have a sheet product like OSB or plywood as my sheathing. Now, let's talk about the insulation as a second topic. So if he's trying to upsell you on just adding an inch of, uh, of blue board to the outside of that, you know, that's going to give you a, a, a tiny, a tiny bit more insulation, not a lot more insulation for probably the cost. I doubt you'd get a return on investment. If there is a place to upgrade your insulation, I would recommend that you do what I did, which is to spray isonine spray foam insulation in at the time of construction. The cool thing about isonine is it both seals and it expands and insulates at the same time. So you're not going to get any drafts. In fact, I have to tell you, when we did this to our house, and we have a, we have a very old house, and when we did this to our house, the house always used to be somewhat drafty. I actually noticed that now if I want it to be drafty, I actually have to open a window. How about that? You know, if it gets a little stuffy in the house, you have to open a window because <laughs> the drafts aren't getting in anymore. So it really is quite effective um, as an insulator and as a draft proofer. So I don't think it's a real fair question for that reason. I definitely would recommend a sheet product like plywood or OSB um, over just going with the styrofoam. All right. Next up, we've got Nick in West Virginia who writes, my house was built in 91 and it doesn't have any copper piping. Everything is PVC plumbing. Is this going to be a problem in the future well the first thing you need to do is to confirm if it is in fact pvc because in the 90s there was a product called polybutylene that was used that was subject to many many uh, lawsuits and some class action lawsuits because it would fail so i would google polybutylene pipes polybutylene class action you'll see lots of photos of what this stuff looks like if that's what you have you have a concern and you need to dig into it i would get an expert to evaluate it and then make your decision based on that mm -hmm. i hope that helps nick don't start freaking out just do your research and then we can help you correct everything this is the money pit home improvement radio show on air and online at moneypit.com thank you so much for spending this beautiful summer weekend with us. If you've got questions, you can reach us 24-7 at one Money Pit, and you can also post your question to the Money Pit's community page or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Money Pit. It's a great place to go, and you can share your ideas with the rest of the community. That's all the time we have. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.